Well, hello. Welcome back to Uncommon Sense. So today we are speaking with a, a very special guest. We are speaking with LB that is a legacy builder on Twitter. He is a guy who is sharing very empowering, very motivational content about men and fathers, particularly what it means to be a strong man and a strong father and also focusing in on adversity and overcoming adversity to become a better version of yourself and not letting these things hold you back. They can actually be opportunities to grow and to expand and to become a better person. So LB, thank you so much for coming on Uncommon Sense. I'm so excited to have you. I, I was just like stoked that you agreed to do this. Thank you for having me. I'm excited just to talk about this topic. It's something I'm very passionate about and I'm just looking forward to providing some context and maybe something that will help somebody out. Awesome. And I have no doubt that you you will. You've, you've definitely opened my eyes to a lot of things from the stuff that you've posted online. Um, I guess my first question would be, um, you know, what does it mean to be a strong man? You talk about this a lot on social media. So I would just, I guess that would be a good starter question for this episode. Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think um, as a society, we've kind of strayed away from what a strong man looks like. And in my definition... And I know we'll get into this a little bit, but it really is just being true to yourself, uh, making sure that you're aligning with your values and mission for your life. And I think the strong man has that. He has purpose. He has something that he's pursuing with passion and excellence. And he's portraying that in everything he does. I mean, he's portraying that in his friendships and his family and his work. And it's just seen throughout his life. Um, and we'll go through like a lot of misconceptions around what a strong man is and isn't, things that society has taught us. But really, it just boils down to what is your purpose, what is your drive, and just being unapologetically driven towards that. Um, I think a lot of men get uh, kind of stray away from their past because society tells them to be this or be that. And the real strong men, they don't they don't listen to that because it's just a lot of conjecture and it, and it leads to a lot of self-doubt that is just unnecessary. Yeah, I love how you put that, you know, the self-doubt that's unnecessary. And it is, it's unnecessary. Um, that kind of brings to mind the whole term alpha male. You know, we hear that a lot among men and among women. But the whole term to me, alpha male, that's, that is what it is. Like you find your passion, you go after your passion and you don't care like what anybody else has to say about it. That's you doing you. And why would you care? You're an alpha male. But I feel like uh, society definitely has a skewed view of that. And I do see a lot of men seeking approval and wanting to please everyone and uh, I, that's just not alpha energy and it's not going to be fulfilling for them. But with that, I think that the feminism movement uh, has kind of encroached a, a pun men's territory and I think it's fine for women to go after whatever they want to go after too like find your passion I don't care your gender go after it but I do think that there's kind of this whole uh, feminism movement into man land is what I call it um, we have this hashtag girl boss stuff going on and it's not bad for a woman to be a boss I'm just saying that there is this whole it's almost like a blurring of the lines between what is masculine and feminine 
one. And that troubles me a little bit because we definitely want to, you know, keep the masculinity and the femininity separate because they are. Um, But what would you say to the men who are trying to, I guess, find their manliness among a lot of these manly feminists, if that makes sense? I think with any kind of polarizing thing in life, um, a lot of the times as men and we, a lot of people want to meet extreme with extreme and to me that doesn't accomplish anything um, I think being bold and true to who you are without having to just unload your opinions on somebody you can be true to who you are and live by example and just be unapologetically who you are and as, as men you know it's like the thing about a broken world and broken society that we live in, you'll never change brokenness. Um, it will always be present. Uh, there's nothing that we can do about it. We can only not conform to it. And in my life, um, I want, and I think the biggest change as a man is when you become a father, you you meet a wife that aligns with your values and, and what you mean, what it means to have a role as a husband and a wife and a and a, and a mother and a father and you define those roles very clearly and they're laid out very clearly for us and society has skewed those but they haven't changed the kids need fathers and, and they need mothers uh, wives need husbands and husbands need wives and they balance each other out uh, they each have different skill sets I know I'm, I'm thankful for my wife every day and and how we combat that is, is living it out and then just to kind of kind of take it one step further it's teaching our children what those roles are defined as because true change happens generationally um, a lot of the people that we're seeing um, peers a lot of their minds like are made up already and I just think that if you take on the role as a parent or as a leader or as a mentor and you're really pouring into children and, and just showing them what is right and what is wrong when it comes to uh, male and female roles in society, uh, I think that's where true change can happen. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And there definitely seems to be this push and pull. And I think, you know, I mean, the, just to go back to the feminism thing, when women take on these roles that are kind that are unnatural to them, it kind of forces men to take on roles that are unnatural for them. It's kind of this reversal thing that just is weird because it's it's forcing each gender to kind of try to be the things that it's not. And um, we just both have strengths and weaknesses and it's best if we work together. And anybody who follows me knows that I'm a Christian and I believe in the biblical definitions of gender roles and what that means for a couple, a marriage, or just in society in general. I mean, it we do best when we complement each other, when we work together, and when we use our natural God-given strengths and weaknesses uh, to to balance each other out. And I, I don't understand why that's such a hard concept for a lot of people to understand, but it is these days. But that's okay, because people will wake up and uh, we're having conversations like this uh, to kind of be conducive to that. So um, I kind of want to swerve over. You had a, well, it wasn't a tweet. You said it in a spaces that 
that you did on Twitter that I listened in on, but I think someone had asked you, how do you ensure that your children are having enough adversity to where they are learning and they are growing and they are expanding their knowledge and wisdom, but not so much adversity to where they are like in danger or in trouble or something bad is going to happen to them because obviously you want to protect your children. Um, can you kind of elaborate on what you were talking about in that spaces? Because I thought that that was so, so interesting. Absolutely. And just my, a little bit of my backstory. I was, I was born into a broken family, uh, had alcoholism, alcoholism, uh, drug abuse, and just saw a lot, uh, at a young age and overcame a lot of adversity. And, uh, it was both good and bad. It led to uh, trauma. It led to uh, having to overcome that through therapy. Um, but it, it helped me learn a lot of grit and adversity and resiliency. And you're right. I think about that all the time with my children. Like, I went through that so much. How do I simulate that? And I, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't want to simulate it yeah. for my kids. That, and I think that's what a lot of parents go through. I mean... You were told so much as parents to make a better life for your children and don't let them go through what you went through. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's, and I'll, I'll give a couple points and they might seem obvious, um, but I think it's creating opportunities. Uh, I, I value sports in society. Mm -hmm. I think that teaches resiliency. I think um, putting your, your kids in situations where they can control, fail, and have to overcome, challenge themselves. Uh, I think sports plays a huge part in kids learning how to overcome adversity. And just another thing is uh, is not, I think there's parents out there that want to jump in and be the hero in your kids' lives every day. You, As they get older, you have to take a step back. And I mean, one of the best things I've ever heard is, it's like teaching your kid how to drive, right? Like when you're, when you're teaching a kid how to drive, you don't just, you start in an empty parking lot, but then you want to go on the interstate with your kid. And you, and you want your kid to go on the interstate and learn how to drive in the interstate when it's raining outside. You want your kid to learn how to drive when it's raining outside. Like you want to put them in the most stressful situations so when they go out in society, they know how to do that. You got to have those hard conversations with them. You talk about, we're talking about some big points here. We're talking about feminism. We're talking about Christianity. We're talking about all the things that children are exposed to at such a young age in today's society. Like, so many parents want to to shelter them from that. Mm -hmm. But the problem is they, they won't be sheltered from that. Yeah. And to lean in and to have those hard conversations with them so that they can overcome that adversity and, and being different in a world that wants them to conform to the way of the world, that's how you raise kids. Like, it's almost it's raising them adversity but raising them to stand firm in what they believe. Yeah, all of that is so important. And I think it's very, uh, I think a lot of parents, you know, they think it's daunting because it is daunting. I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to culture shock your kids with what's going on in the culture, but you do need to prepare them for conversations that they're probably going to have to have. And like you said, you know, whether or not parents are preparing their kids for these conversations and for these things in, in their lives, they're going to be in society and they're going to be faced with them. So it's better to prepare them. Um, I love your analogy about driving and starting in the parking lot and graduating to, you know, the interstate and driving in the rain, because that's how I view talking to kids about these bigger issues. I think you meet them where they're at. 
And when they're young, you meet them there. You, you talk to them in a way they'll understand, but that they'll be prepared. And then when they're older, you meet them where they're at at that age and you always kind of graduate the process so that you're telling them more as they get older and preparing them for for what's to come, but you're never kind of going too far too soon. Um, I, I really like that analogy about starting in the parking lot and graduating to the interstate and just, you know, being prepared for the rain because there is rain in the culture and kids need to be prepared for it 100%. And I love what you say about, you know, be prepared for adversity, but also stand, stand firm to who you are. I think a lot of kids get very swayed like the wind whenever people are just wanting them to do something and be a certain thing and they just be it and they just do it. And I think Standing firm is very important as well. Be prepared for the rain, but stand firm like an oak tree. A poem by yours truly. Not really. It's just another analogy. So just to swerve, I guess, a little bit again, I get a lot of questions. Like if I'm getting questions from guys about fatherhood, their main question is just how do I know when I'm ready? Like how do I know when I'm ready to be a dad, to be a father? Um, can you, because I don't know. I I probably the last person that would know like when a guy would be ready to have kids. But could you answer that question as a man and as someone who is just very in tune with, uh, you know, being a strong man and being a strong father? I think that's a, that's a question that's definitely uh, different from individual to individual. The advice that I would give to anybody that's considering being a father or raising a family or even thinking any along those lines is just really assess yourself. I mean, and there are times where you don't have a choice, right? Like where you're thrust into fatherhood. And I will give a caveat. Like if you find yourself in a situation where a choice is taken out, you're even when you think you're ready, you're never ready until you're ready. Mm-hmm. Like being a father is a learned experience that you have to, the rents do daily. Like you have to you have to earn that daily. It's it's ever changing. It's it's one of the most amazing experiences that a, that a man can that a man can go through. But it's it's a, it's so much of a learning process. But if you do have the option to have the choice and prepare yourself, I would just say make sure your wife, you and your wife, are aligned. Um, make sure you're serving your wife. Make sure you're leading your wife. Make sure you're you're ready to tr- show your children what an example of what a what a true marriage looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, two people working in unison. I think uh, when your kids are born into brokenness, it's really hard to overcome that because once a child is brought into this world, the amount of tension that's brought in, especially when brought into a broken situation, is so enhanced. Mm-hmm. But if you just firm up that, that relationship with your spouse, then you're ready. You and your spouse are aligned, you're ready. Yeah. I completely agree. I think the values thing is so important and somehow, some way these days is very overlooked. Like people are just like, love is love and love is enough. No, it's not. You need to align on values. You need to align on purpose and you need to align on goals for the family, goals for the marriage. You need to not, you don't have to have identical goals for your lives and for your career, but have identical goals when it comes to your family because you are going 
going to have to confront your children via a unified front, especially when you're having these deep and harder conversations with them, because you can't, you just, it's not going to be a productive conversation if you're coming from this fragmented and frayed marriage looking thing where you don't agree on anything. If you're talking to your kids about important stuff, you need to be a unified front so that they take you seriously and so that they're not having to pick and choose. Am I going to listen to mom or dad? They, you need to be a unified front. So I think that the aligned thing is very, very important. You're saying that they, that you just need to be aligned and then you're ready. I agree with that. And then the stars aligned. No, you and your spouse need to be aligned. So pivoting one more time, the last thing that I really wanted to go over with you was you had put out a tweet thread, which I thought was really fascinating, um, about the seven things that every man should unlearn. Um, I think this is a really important thing, especially when you're, we're talking about like this misconception of what it means to be an alpha male. I think a lot of men really do need to unlearn these things. I think that they've learned a lot of things that are detrimental to their mental, spiritual, and just overall health um, and uh, well-being. But these things are very, very important things. And I just kind of want to go through them one by one and then have you elaborate a little bit on them. So let's see. I'm going to go through them all and then we'll just go through them one by one. So you said seven things that every man should unlearn. Um, One, that they should be emotionless. Two, that men should be wealthy. Three, that men should follow the same path. Four, men should be independent. Five, men should be athletic. Six, men should be womanizers. And seven, men should work until they die. All of these I agree with. I think that, you know, society has put men onto this weird, super crazy, like super high expectation. Like that's just not good for them pedestal. And these are, and also just like an unhealthy pedestal, like to tell men that they shouldn't have emotions, that's toxic. Like they're human too. Um, So can we just go through these one by one, starting with that one about how men should unlearn how to be emotionless? Absolutely. And I think you hit it. I mean, I think for so long, and I was raised by an older generation, um, and so long it was that mentality that men should just bear this weight and never show fear or never show sadness, that they're just these rocks. The thing about that is when you, when you put yourself under that amount of pressure and you don't release I think we see what we're seeing in the world. We're seeing broken marriages. We're seeing men leave situations that they that they should, if they just talk through, they would stay in. We're just seeing a lot of pressed down emotions that need to be dealt with. That because society has told us to man up, that we need to, and, and we're seeing. And I mentioned this in the tweet. We're seeing a bunch of tyrants. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of. We're seeing a lot of men in, in leadership positions and in situations to where they're they're so it comes off as as a tyrant because they're not processing through emotions. So the only way they know how to process that is to is to put it down on other people. Mm-hmm. And if they would just process through that emotion, and it should be celebrated because and I say it right there at the end, real men handle emotion. Yeah. And, and, and we need more of that in society. 
We 100% do. And I think there's this flawed perception in society that, you know, if you're going to therapy like that's weak, like that's weak of you to have to go to therapy, but it takes so much more strength for either gender. But there is this emphasis of the stereotype of like, wow, you're such a weak male if you have to go to therapy, which is so stupid because men, like I've already said, are people too. They have emotions too. And if they need to work through something too, then they shouldn't be frowned upon for going to seek help for that. People are so stupid. Sorry, I'm going on a little bit of a soapbox, but um, it takes a lot more strength to admit that you need help and to go seek out that help and to improve your life than it does to kind of just pretend that something that's bothering you isn't bothering you or something that you need to work through. You don't need to work through and just hiding from it is way weaker than confronting it and handling it. And I think that people frankly just have such a basic idea or conception of what strength actually is. Strength comes in a lot of different forms. Lifting weights takes physical strength. Reading your Bible takes spiritual strength. And confronting your trauma takes emotional strength. And can we just applaud them all? Can we just applaud any kind of strength? Um, Strength is not always just riding into battle. Okay. It's not always, doesn't always look that way. A lot of wars are fought silently. So, okay. I want to go through your other main points that you had on this thread. So we're on number two. You had listed that men need to unlearn that they should be wealthy. And I agree with this one as well as a Christian who hates the prosperity gospel. Like, I believe that God can bless you. Like if you're wealthy, that's like good for you, but it's not a prerequisite to being an alpha male or to being a strong man or father. Like you don't have to be wealthy to be ready to be a strong man or to be a strong father. And I think that a lot of people, because of the movies and the books and the shows, um, and just the way that people talk about their misconception of what an alpha male is these days, they, they just assume that you have to have everything put together and you have to be super, super wealthy or clearly you're not an alpha male, which is untrue. So can you speak to this one a little bit more? Yeah, and if you don't mind, I can actually pair this one with the third one. Mm-hmm. And that's where I, I say men should unlearn to follow the same path because I think they couple. Um, so much of our times growing up is saying, well, you have to be wealthy. Like your, your worth is defined by the amount of money in your bank account. Um, you need to make more money than your parents. You need to provide, give your children more than they, than you got. And so what that leads is for men to, to think they have to be doctors or lawyers or accountants. They have to be in these high-paying roles and earn instantly. And what that takes out of the equation is passion mm-hmm. and pursuit of what, what, the, what God has in your life. I mean, um, and what you're called to do. Because when you're pursuing money or you're pursuing... Uh, notoriety uh, you're, you're taking that completely out of the equation and I think as men we need to I mean you want to provide for your family but with social media comparison theory and just the rise of that that ideology that like kind of keeping up with the Joneses mentality and with the with access to it so much more now than ever of seeing what the person next door to you has or doesn't have I mean, we need to really take a step back and reflect. What it, what does wealth mean to you? Yeah. And that doesn't mean that being wealthy is bad, but I always say that any amount of wealth amplifies your best and worst qualities. It does, though. 
like the, the the amount of wealth you have doesn't make you a better person it only makes you more of what you already are and so and so if you're if you're not if you're not a good person if you're if you don't have values when you're broke there's someone gonna be worse when you have money and then if you are in a position if you're pursuing any type of path just because everybody else is doing it to get notoriety you're not going to be happy that's what leads to broken families and broken marriages yeah no, that's so true. And the keeping up with the Joneses thing, also very true. And money does. It just magnifies who you already are. And if you have no morals when you're poor, you're not going to have any morals when you're rich. And if you have morals when you're poor, you're going to have morals when you're rich. It's just going to magnify who you already are. Very true. Um, so you also have on here, number four, you said the men should unlearn that they should be independent. I agree with this. I think independence is good. Obviously, huge fan of independence but i think a lot of men get hung up on the idea that like they have to have that wealth to be independent enough to even go into a marriage where they want to eventually have like 10 kids and they have to be ready for all of that right now that's not true and so men do need to unlearn that a little bit and also you know understand that marriage is a partnership it's a team effort. It's a group project. And men don't have to bring absolutely everything to the table. Women women are still bringing, uh, I guess this is going to make <laughs> feminists mad, but we got some sandwiches to bring to the table. We can help. Um, so can you speak to that one a little bit more as well? Absolutely. And the first thing I put is no man is alive. One of the greatest things in my life is my friends, family, and the people that I associate with on a daily basis because they hold me accountable to who I am. Uh, my wife holds me accountable every day to who I am and uh, she brings out the best in me because I because I know that alone I can only do so much together with my wife my family uh, my friends the people around me like I need them I need them to support me I need them to push me and challenge me uh, to be there for me and there's so much depression and isolation. I think we saw that amplified through the pandemic and, and we kind of, we even shut ourselves down even more. And I think what I'd like to see personally is my challenge is you don't have to be independent. You don't, there's no, there's no glory in doing it on your own because <laughs> you just wind up at the finish line with nobody around you. I would, I would just challenge people like, Build up your build up your circle. Build up the people around you, and win 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 that walk that journey together. And, and it's so much more. It's such a beautiful thing. Yeah, and more rewarding. I mean, I you know you want to run the race with other people. You want to have people there at the finish line with you. I mean, what's the point? You get there and nobody's there, and then you don't have anybody to say, yay, we did it, or go out to eat with afterwards, or get coffee and talk about how you all stubbed your toes along the way. Toe stubbing conversations are important. I have no idea how people are stubbing their toes in tennis shoes in a race. This is my mind. But the point is, what's the point without having people beside you? So, um, and speaking of, <laughs> I guess, races and athletics, you also have the men should unlearn that they should be athletic. So can you speak to that point as well? Absolutely. And I know I mentioned earlier that sports are a great way to overcome adversity, and I do believe them, but I, I just also believe that they're not for everybody. And competition takes on many forms. I mean, you, can, you don't have to be on a field to play to compete. Um, there are so many times where you can be using your mind, using your body in, in, in anything you do. And so the fact that we 
we tell men, like, it's just, it, we see the same thing in society with women, right? I mean, uh, just comparing themselves and their body and their imagery. Men go through the same thing. We think about, like, are we strong enough? Are we athletic enough? Are we, and, and we start feeling depressed and down and, and, and we just kind of go into a shell of ourselves. And, I mean, there's, I mean, there's some there's some amazing men in this world that are accomplishing so many amazing things that never played a sport, that never was athletic, that didn't do all these things that society tells you, well, you got to be this guy. So many guys pursue that so relentlessly, and they burn out, and they fail, and they, they just, it hurts their ego more and more, and they just fall into the state where they're not accomplishing anything. So I think men should just be proud of who they are, um, be the best version of themselves they can be, but don't think you have to be the epitome of athleticism just to be a man. Yeah, I think that that's an excellent point because even with the gender roles, you know, we're still all individuals and we're going to have different passions. We're going to have different dreams. We're going to have different things that we're naturally good at or gravitate towards. And um, that's okay. Like you don't have to be even just one thing your entire life. Like you can have multiple passions and chase multiple things and you don't have to be just whatever society is telling you is the manly or like womanly thing to be or do. That's not really how it works. You are an individual, even if you are a man, even if you are a woman, you're still an individual with individual passions and they don't have to align with what the majority of society is telling you that you should be or should do. So I definitely appreciate that one as well. So next up you have the men should unlearn being womanizers. I think that this is an important one because a lot of people in society think that alpha males are womanizers just because, uh, and here's the thing, alpha males will attract a lot of women. That's normal. If you're a true alpha male, duh, like that's going to happen. But that doesn't mean that you're using women, objectifying women or using them as these trophies for attention or to feel validated because alpha males, true alpha males don't need that. They don't need validation. They don't need approval. And so they wouldn't need to do that. And also true alpha males wouldn't be using women. They just wouldn't be doing that because true alpha males protect women and they protect children. So that's my two cents. But can you speak a little bit more to that point as well? Absolutely. And this is something I'm really passionate about. Um, I just think society has taught men that like they have to just objectify women on a daily basis and that especially adolescence and college age where it's celebrated to just objectify women, take advantage of them and, and, and that culture celebrates it. And I just challenge I just challenge young men and, and men in general to to stop, to stop feeling the necessity to objectify women and put them as an object or anything less than, than, than somebody who needs to be respected and treated with care and the respect that they deserve. And the thing about it is women are just, they, they are the backbone of our society in so many ways. And like you said at the beginning, as we go back and we look at the book of Genesis, like, I mean, we're all image bearers of God, and we all deserve love and respect and to be treated as such. And anything less than that is, a, is an injustice. Yeah. 
No, it 100% is. And it happens on both sides. I mean, both genders tend to objectify the other in different ways, but it happens. And I think that um, it just needs to stop. We just need to cut it out. We are, like you said, we're all image bearers of God and we need to treat each other as such. I mean, we're all worthy of respect and dignity and, and just not objectifying each other and not, and not reducing each other to sexual objects. Like clearly, pretty clearly we are all worth a lot more than that. We have brains, we have hearts, we have souls. We are not just our reproductive body parts pretty clearly. Um, so the last one that you have on this list of things that men should unlearn is that men should unlearn uh, that they need to work until they die. I completely agree with this one as well, because I don't know. I just feel like this is such an unreasonable expectation that a lot of people in, in an unspoken way, but they just in society, especially, you know, like American society where it's work, 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 which is fine. I love working. We all in America pretty much like working. Like that's just our thing. We love it. But, and that's good. I mean, ambition's good, but you can't be working until you're, you're in your coffin. That sounds a little bit much. There are other things in life to focus on. So can you, can you talk a little bit more about this one? Absolutely. And I'll just say this. Um, I come from a generation that where I was taught from a generation that you work for 40 years at the same place and then you you retire and you enjoy as much as you can. And the thing is, I think with the pandemic and uh, work, remote work and just entrepreneurship and what we're learning from a lot of areas of life is you have choice. And when I was at home in the pandemic and forced to stop working, I realized how important my family is yeah, and how important time with my children, uh, investing in my wife. And when I went back to work, I had a new outlook on life and that's, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put so much value in work that I let it take away from what I'm really put here on earth to do. And that's to serve my family, honor the Lord and all I do and just, and just serve mm-hmm. and raise my children and love my wife and honor in everything I do. So I would just say, like, for those that believe, like, work is the epitome of their life and there's going to be some type of, like, plaque put up in your honor, there's no glory in that. Mm -hmm. I mean, the thing about it is, and I know we all hear this, when you're done at your job or you retire or they fire you or you quit or anything like that, that thing's going to be posted. And they're going to get somebody in and the train's going to keep moving. Your family, though, you only get one shot of that. You don't need to take it for granted. Yeah. No, that's completely right. And with this whole remote thing, it's just made me think uh, why I hope, I hope in the future that more companies that are able to work remotely or have like even just like a hybrid situation where you work in the office sometimes, but you know, half or more of the time you are able to work at home. If it's possible, if it's plausible, like why not? Um, I was working for a company before I started my own companies. And, uh, they were very much like, well, we can't, we can't, um, you know, work remotely or work hybridly for the longest time pandemic hits. Everybody works remote. Everybody finds out that actually that works decently, not only decently, but better people are working better when they're happier. Wow. Wow. Shock. Um, 
And people are happier because they're with their families, because they are able to spend more time in their communities, at their churches, doing things that are good for their souls, being outside. So, um, you know, getting sunshine in nature, like these are things that people need. So I hope that in the future, if nothing else from this pandemic that's good that has happened, is that people have, uh, companies have realized that, you know, you can, you can give people more autonomy. They will not let you down like they are adults. They have accountability and responsibility and they'll get it done, but just let them live their lives and be with their families because that is a crucial thing that I, I do think that a lot of men miss out on, women miss out on, but you know, particularly men are, are more absent from the home because of work. And so I, I would be a great thing for men to be able to be with their families more often. And it would also make homeschooling a much, much higher possibility for a lot more families if they do do this hybrid thing for, for more companies, which I'm really, you know, crossing my fingers about. Um, People just need more independence and freedom and autonomy in every sense. People, Americans generally do pretty well with it. Like we, we are able to be responsible with it. So that is just what I wanted to say about the work situation. But I agree with you. You've got to, you've got to realize that our calling is much higher than just serving our work people, serving our boss. Like our calling is to serve our family, our communities, our God, most importantly. And, um, you know, it, it makes it easier to do all of those things if you're not chained to a desk most of your life. So, um, dang, LB, I want to have you back on sometime. You are a wealth of information and this has been a lovely conversation as I knew it would be. Um, can you just let everybody know where they can find you online so that they can pick up even more tidbits of your golden nugget knowledge? Absolutely. Um, I'd love to be on. I love what you're doing and I just support it wholeheartedly. Uh, Thanks. Uh, Twitter, uh, Legacy Builder underscore underscore. Uh, the original leg- Legacy Builder was taken by a person that has three followers, so I wasn't able to. <laughs> um, they haven't been active on Twitter since 2009. <laughs> I'm dying. And so it's, it's Legacy Builder underscore underscore. And uh, I, I tweet about. Uh, legacy, fatherhood, mindset, um, children, and just and just real things that a lot of people aren't talking about. And I just hope that I can add value to people's lives. Well, you definitely are in my book and just keep doing what you're doing. By the way, y'all, he just started in August and has like 20,000 followers or something crazy. So run, don't walk to follow Legacy Builder on Twitter. He is just honestly, it's just, I, it was like a, it was like a gold mine of wisdom when I found your account. It was so enlightening and I'm not even a man. I'm just learning. I'm just learning from a female point of view and it is, it's very empowering information. So Thank you again so much for coming on, LB. And again, you're welcome on anytime. Absolutely. Thank you so much.